0: we are now tuned into the Mono Podcast, powered by where we talk sales, marketing, financial growth, and we dig deep to take business beyond boundaries. I'm your host, Nick
1: James. Let's go. I am the professor of finance, Jeff Perky. Your best opportunity is right fucking now.
0: Welcome, everybody, to the Mount Up Podcast, where we talk sales, marketing, financial growth, and we dig deep to take business beyond boundaries. As always, I'm sitting here with the professor of finance, Jeff Perky. Jeff, how's it going?
1: Couldn't be better, Nick. I'm just glad to see
0: your, your beautiful face here in town. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm glad to be back as well. Today, we got a really exciting guest for our audience, I think. We're going to be able to obviously take business beyond boundaries as we always do, digging into a little bit of you know, the, the turmoil of, of being an entrepreneur or the grind that, that gets us there. And with our guest today, Zachary Babcock, he's been through all that and beyond. Beyond boundaries is an serving understatement a stint- here, Nick. <laughs> yeah no doubt I mean he served a stint uh, a five year stint in in prison uh for some you know battles and demons that he was battling and, and now he 's turned his business into a twenty thousand dollar a month business podcasting so obviously, I want to dive into the mindset and the the mental challenges that he went through there because not everybody heck most people return right you know most people return to a to a sentence like that over and over again um the majority do not bounce back, uh, I would say, and definitely not into a business that's generating, you know, 200,000 plus dollars in, in revenue. And so I'm really excited to hear his tips and, and tactics around podcasting and, and how he's gotten his business there. Cause his business is the, you know, underdog empowerment, uh, underdog empowerment podcast. And that's, I mean, he's literally made his whole business, his whole income off of, off of podcasting and consulting and, and things like that. So I can't wait to dig in deep with our guest, Zachary Babcock. We'll introduce him in just a bit. But Jeff, you know, think back to when you and I were, were first starting about podcasting and, and kind of the, the challenges that, that we went through.
1: I mean, looking, looking back, is just one of those things where you just kind of got to sit down and do it figure it out. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've had conversations about just what do we want to come up with? What are we going to talk about? Why are we going to talk about this? Why is it relevant to all the different things in our audience? And it's just one of those things you kind of got to sit down just map that stuff out, put a little bit of time and effort into it. And there you go. Then after that, it just kind of formulates itself and it's become second nature.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it all, I mean, it's always obviously about taking action, right? And it's a matter of just doing it. But I know Zach. As soon as he hops on, he's got some tips and and tidbits of, a you know, where should you even be putting it out there to, and how to really capture that audience, you know, to really make your podcast successful and be able to monetize it. So Zach has already joined us. We're gonna you know introduce him, like I said now, and and we'll get rolling. Hey everybody, uh, we're back with Zach Babcock. He is he is on the air now with us. Underdog Empowerment. Uh, I told you before, Zach's overcome a lot of obstacles as entrepreneurs, as we all do. And he has now launched a, a business, podcasting, monetizing podcast, and showing other entrepreneurs how to do it as well. So without any further ado, Zach, are you ready to take business beyond boundaries?
2: Man, I am super ready. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Yeah, awesome to have you on, man. So tell me, like, just to kind of backtrack here and give people a little bit, you know, some information about you. I know you, you You had your struggles early on in life, right? And, and you did five years in, in prison. Most people don't just bounce back from that. Most people go back, right? And you've been able to go in the complete opposite direction. Like you've been able to take and, and grow a business and then turn it into a multi, like multi six figure <laughs> income for you. So tell us like, what was it? Like, how did you find podcasting and, and what made you go down that route? as an entrepreneur.
2: Yeah, man, no doubt, dude. Um, everybody that's in entrepreneurship knows it's not easy. It's tough, bro, and it, and anybody that says, oh, I can make you a millionaire or success overnight, you should probably run in the other direction. Uh, I learned a lot through the School of Hard Knocks. I kinda got into entrepreneurship coming out of prison. I initially got into network marketing. At the time, bro, I didn't even know what the hell network marketing was. So you couldn't even scare me off with the word pyramid scheme. <laughs> but uh, it was, uh, it was uh, really grateful for the experience because uh, I built up almost a $2,000 a month residual income within my first six months. So, you know, I couldn't even get a job before that. So this was like, Oh, thank God, you know? And, and but more importantly, it opened up my eyes to what was really possible. And it kind of, it was like a, it was like a college for entrepreneurship, almost like uh, kind of got that education of kind of what entrepreneurship looks like. But I lost my passion for it after two years, moved on. Uh, then I became a coach. And uh, bro, Nick and Jeff, dude, I, I swear to God, uh, I didn't make a single penny or help a single person <laughs> as a life coach. I, uh, I would say like, I can help, I can help you achieve your goals or I can help you live a better life. Like who wants that? Nobody, man. It wasn't solving a specific problem for a specific person. Um, and out of that frustration though, anytime I tried to collaborate with anybody or do anything, um, everybody, I was just like some ex-convict turned entrepreneur afterthought. nobody gave me the time of day. Nobody took me seriously. And out of that frustration, out of that pain, uh, I launched the underdog empowerment podcast to empower underdog entrepreneurs. But more importantly, it was for selfish reasons. First, it was out of that pain and frustration. Like, man, I'm, you're not going to keep me in this box. And so I launched it. It became a top two hundred rated podcast, and next week we had Billy Jean's marketing on the show, and it's just been a crazy, crazy show ever since, man. It's been a game changer.
0: Wow! So you top two hundred podcast how How the heck did that happen? And I mean, man. overnight, right? Like,
2: yeah, dude. So it, it's it's really. There's a lot that goes into it, but where where most people fail and and where like before you get into all like the ninja hacks of growing your podcast by a thousand downloads each and every month or by uh, monetizing, making at least an additional thousand dollars of income, each uh, additional income directly from your podcast or before you start interviewing all the celebrities and stuff. In and ranking in the top 200, you really got, and it's it's just like with any businessman, you really got to get clear on the four, what I call it's the four W's of long term podcasting success. And that's knowing what exactly is your podcast about, explaining one sentence or better, who are you serving, uh, where are you taking them, and why should they listen to you. And I can go deeper into all that, but really, once you have that in place, then you can go out and market it. And everybody thinks like it's some secret to get ranked on uh, iTunes. Look, you can get ranked probably today. You probably won't stay there if you don't have these four W's locked in, if you don't start implementing all these episode avatars, what I I teach and stuff. But it's really down to four metrics, bro. And the only four metrics that matter in iTunes is, uh, and, and it's in this order, it's written reviews, ratings, subscribers, and downloads. You need to get those up. And you get those up, you get ranked in the top 200. That's the only way you can get ranked in the top 200. How often do you
1: see those rankings change that you just listed there? Has those those been pretty standard throughout or do they change periodically? Oh, dude, it'll
2: change multiple, like every few hours, it'll be different. If you go look at the top 200 in the management and marketing category right now and you take a screenshot uh, and then you come back about four hours later, it's going to be different. There's going to be people that move around and different people that come up and people that bounce down. So it's always a constant, uh, push of getting those four metrics is how you stay in there. And then over time, like you can get ranked in there right out the gate. You won't stay there, but you take that screenshot and use that as leverage to get like these other big dogs on your show, uh, and get more people interested in your show. Uh, but then over time you're going to, with being consistent on your podcast, those four metrics, you're just going to keep compiling them. And before you know it, you'll have thousands, if not millions of, uh, monthly downloads.
0: Yeah. I was just going to ask that. I mean, how much of that is consistency that comes into play and the more content that you're putting out there, the more likely that your rankings are going to constantly improve and and keep you up at the top. Are you seeing like a key metric or a coincidence or maybe even a, a similarity in numbers that like when I podcast twice a week or just twice a month that, you know, my numbers are, are you seeing any similarities there across the board?
2: Yeah, dude. So every a lot a lot of people always ask like, how often should I podcast? And and the best answer for that is as much quality content as you could put out is what you should do. Um, And a great example that look at John Lee Dumas. I mean, he was the first to interview uh, entrepreneurs every single day on his podcast and became an award winning podcaster on iTunes. So if you could do it every day, awesome, do it every day. If you can't, I would say the very minimum you should do is once a week, but definitely. Be consistent. Pick one day out the week where you're going to upload, no matter what. Like I've uploaded every single Monday since Monday since the beginning, but now like this week I got an episode coming out Monday through Friday, uh, and I'm testing the waters and I'm bumping it up now that I have a team in place where I can put out more content consistently.
0: Yeah, awesome. We we've kind of done the same thing like with launching this podcast is like we pick a day for podcasting, we block off that day, we get as many interviews as we can in that day because we want to be able to kind of automate this as much as possible and get the recordings up but launch them in a consistent pattern of like two a week, you know, and that's that's kind of our goal. But I think you're right. Like And it goes the same with any type of marketing. As much as you could put out valuable content, keep putting it out there. People ask me the same thing with blogs and with content writing. Like, how often should we be putting blogs on our website? Well, how often can you pump out valuable content? And and when you can't, you know, it's a matter of being consistent, like you said, and and not kind of being all over the place. So that's awesome. So really consistency is the biggest thing. But what, like, where do people start? What platforms should they be looking at to get more that, that have more followers, more subscribers in the first place.
2: Yeah, one of, the, one of the best ways to grow your podcast, hands down, this is what I teach all my students, is to go on other podcasts, just like I'm doing right now. Um, you, you need to go on other podcasts. The reason why, if you're in this thing I hammer down on, everybody, you know, when I talk to people, uh, first and foremost, the first problem that they have is that they're producing their own podcast. If you're doing that, that's eating up tedious hours that you're spending doing something that somebody else could do. And so it's taken away from the time that you have to market your podcast. And then when I ask them, after they say they're doing it themselves, I'm like, oh man, you're you're producing your own podcast. What are you doing to market your podcast? And the number one answer I hear, oh, I'm sharing it on social media and I'm asking the guests to share it. And then my response is like, yeah, you're not seeing explosive growth art. You? You're just seeing a bunch of ebbs and flows in your downloads, aren't you? And you're like, yeah, and I'm like, Yeah, it's because you don't have the time to go out and market it and you think just post on social media. Here's the problem with that, man. If you if you're you should be posting on social media, that is a good marketing strategy, but that is the last part of your marketing strategy that you should focus on. The reason why. On social media, everybody already knows you and knows you have a podcast so they come check you out if they wanted to. Now, I understand people need to be prodded a couple of different times before they actually take action, so that's one reason why. And I also know that you get new followers, so that's another reason why you should post on social media. And by having the guest share out, you're reaching a new audience, so that's another reason. But if that's your only marketing strategy, you're, you're just seeing ebbs and flows and you're not doing explosive growth. So one of the, one great ways to go on another podcast. Seth Godin quoted uh guest podcasting is a new guest blogging when when blogging was a, first became a thing everybody was doing the guest blogging that's how they're massively growing uh their blogs in the beginning
0: awesome awesome yeah i see that you're obviously you're here with us today and you're doing a, a tour of what 50 podcasts in in a matter of how many days
2: in 2 days yeah <laughs> man it's pretty crazy i love it
0: <laughs> <laughs> 2 days that's that's wild man we I haven't yet done, I haven't yet ventured out in, into that aspect, but that makes a great point. I mean, if you want to reach other audiences, if you're trying to tap into other people's market, the best way to do that is to be front and center in their market, in their in their market share rather, and that's be on their podcast. What are some other ways or ways that they can grow their podcast besides just, you know, obviously announcing it to your audience and and growing it on, through other people's outlets and and being interviewed on other people's shows. Have you specifically put any ad budget behind this? Like, are you running paid ads to this or is this 100% organic?
2: Yeah, and I can't wait to start testing paid ads. I haven't even touched it yet, bro. It's been completely organic. And really, I mean, I'm not gonna say that the, uh, I I haven't tested that, so I can't say it works or it doesn't. You know what I mean? Uh, I can only speak on what I've done and everything I've done has been completely organic. And the, the re the, one of the reasons why going on the other podcasts is like one, one, one of the number one strategies to grow is, is because think about it, man, people that listen to this podcast right now, they're, they're proof of concept that they listen to podcasts. And if, and if they dig this interview, and you, you shout out your podcast. Hey man, if you enjoyed this podcast, come check me out. Boom. Then they'll cross over. So you want to align when you go on these other podcasts, you want to find something that aligns with marketing, probably with your podcast. Cause you talk a lot about marketing or entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. maybe even some self-help podcasts, something that's going to align with your brand, with your podcast. That'll be an easy crossover for uh, that audience to come check you out.
0: Yeah, good call. It's in, it's important, and I feel like even as as marketers or salespeople, we often forget about the audience, right? And and really, the audience should be coming first. So many people want to just spill their guts about you know what they do and how awesome they are, and come check me out. And people are just going to tune that shit out if if it's not resonating with them. And so, absolutely, I got a assigning- simple
1: question for you, real quick. That's all right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If you were just getting started, though, kind of like where we're at in the infancy of this stuff, are you just going to just keep posting one podcast out there at a time, get that out there? Or are you just going to kind of build these things up to say maybe 10 to 20 different podcasts all at once, and then just do a massive dump of those all at one time just to make it more relevant? Does that make sense? Are you talking about like putting out a bunch of content at once? Yep. Is that? Yeah. So just doing onesie, you know, one at a time, like we record this, boom, this goes out versus just record about 20 of them, let's say, and then just launch those all at once. Yeah. So like if you were launching, just launching, um, I would launch
2: with like five episodes right out the gate. Uh, A lot of people, sometimes I see them do like 20 all at once. There's not a need for that much. I would, you know, like five to 10 really is all that you need, but it's good to have more than one. And the reason why, because when you're a new podcast, you want to you want to give your listeners uh, something, uh, a sample size to check you out. And, and if you think about it, man, if you look at the Nielsen reports just from back in February, um, 87% of people that listen to podcasts, they listen to the whole entire episode or most of it. So you're commanding a lot of attention versus you know, everybody's talking about our attention span so low these days. You look at Facebook watch video, uh, it's at 23 seconds, average watch time. And then the average watch time on YouTube right now is around 50%. That's a good consumption rate. So podcasts, you can command so much of that attention wow. and you re- you know, listening to this podcast. Now you guys feel like a fly on the wall. It's like a part of that intimate conversation. And one last piece, people that listen to podcasts, they'll binge watch your entire show, just like Netflix. So you give them a sample size and they get to check you out and see if they want to continue being a,
1: a listener to your podcast. Gotcha, man. Stranger Things is on, so I just binge watched that too, by the way. <laughs>
0: that's, that's an awesome, uh, that, that's, that's awesome information because we were kind of struggling with that same thing when we first launched was like, man, do we need a ton of material for people to even like to kind of prove legitimacy, I guess, like is, is what we were looking for. And I think we just kind of ran with it kind of with the number five, like you said, and we're like, no, we're just going to dump out five real quick and then make sure that we're consistent with two a week. And the important part is just have impactful, valuable content that, that people are, that's resonating with, with the audience. Right. So what was it like like the mental challenges. What were some of those mental challenges in, in getting over like just taking action on this and, and actually doing it? Because a lot of people I find when you talk to them about podcasting, they just kind of they they get they get a little awkward. They're just like, I don't, you know, I don't know yeah. if I can do it. What was it for you that helped, you know, kind of click and, and just jump into to doing it?
2: Yeah, you know what, man? That's a re- that's one of the they say public speaking is like the second worst fear for humans next to uh, death. And that's crazy. I don't know if that's true or not, but you hear that a lot. And um, it is, I mean, a lot of people fear public speaking. I know I did when I first started out and I still do to an extent, like it's not like a fear. I still get that like anxiety before I go on stage or something, Uh, but not with like podcasts anymore, video But What helped me out a lot is I had a lot of practice prior to podcasting as far as man, I, I'm just speaking from my own experience, but, and then I'm going to share probably what you could do right out the gate to get started. But, um, I sucked shit at, uh, speaking and I, I started, uh, doing Toastmasters, and, and I, and that was such an amazing, um, great way to learn just like the basics of speaking and, and, you know, body gestures and stuff like that. But I, but more importantly, I got to practice every single week in front of people. And then, when I try to get in front of a camera though, it was completely different than speaking on stage to people. I was like, I'm talking to a camera. It's not like a real human being there. And it was kind of hard for me to grasp that at first. And so the camera part is kind of like the, the podcast. And if you're sitting in a, in a room by yourself uh, recording a solo episode, it's like, I don't really have an audience here. I'm speaking to a microphone. So what I did and what you could probably do, what I think would help is like to imagine that you're really talking to someone and map out what it is that you're gonna talk about. Speak on topics that you understand and that you can literally just, don't script it, write down one little bullet point that you can sit there and talk about for five minutes and and then imagine that you're really talking to somebody and here's here's the kicker, man. You're going to suck shit at the beginning. We all do. It, nobody's a master right out the gate. When you came out the womb, you couldn't walk right away. You had to fall hundreds, maybe even thousands of times before you learned how to walk. But guess what? You kept trying. You kept doing it. Before you knew it, you were able to walk and chew bubble gum. It's the same with podcasts. I mean, you just got to do it and get better. And if you go look at my older episodes, man, they suck shit com- compared to what I'm doing now. But it's really just how bad do you want it?
1: Zach, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Nick has problems walking and chewing bubblegum at the same time.
0: So. <laughs> I was I was, bubble gum. I was just gonna say it's we, probably the bubblegum. <laughs> probably is. We we uh we we still suck shit. We're just getting better at it. So you know, I, I think you're
2: I wouldn't say that, man. You're pretty good, pretty good host. I brought out the gate from what I'm uh, observing.
0: Well, we we've had some practice, so we're we're definitely on the on the getting better at it side of it. But I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said that you know it's not about having a script. Everyone wants to be scripted and they think that they're giving a presentation. You're not giving a freaking presentation. If you let the interview kind of take course and shape the podcast then you have your whole formula right there. And like you said before, just have somebody else edit it up so you're not spending all your time getting rid of the oohs and ums and ahs and and the heavy breaths, and you could just pump this material out. Have a list of questions that you want to ask, like you said, that you have some knowledge about so you could just go off the top of the head and literally you're pumping out 30-minute, 45-minute podcasts in a blink of an eye. So I agree with that comment 100%.
1: I'm going to ask this question, man, real quick. What's the average length of your podcast out of curiosity? Because Nick and I go back and forth about this where Nick's constantly saying it should be about 30 minutes. And I keep telling him, it's like, just let's let the conversation develop itself. Like some conversations may be 30 minutes, others maybe three hours. I don't know. Let's see where the conversation goes. But what's kind of a good rule of thumb on that one, if you don't mind?
2: I kind of like where you went with it. And so... I, in the beginning, I used to always try and shoot and do for 45 minutes, but what I learned and, and, and look, man, there's really no right or wrong answer. The, the best answer that I can come up with it is to let the conversation happen. And if it, if it happens to be like five minutes, if you're doing a solo episode and it happens to be just a little quick, little five minute hit, boom, then it's done. Or if you're going on and on, just don't deprive your audience of some fireworks. You know, like I try to aim right now, if I'm doing an interview 15 to 30 minutes, but I will not stop the interview at 30 minutes. If we're having a good conversation, I feel like my audience can still gain value from it. So I'll just kind of let it go. I mean, like you said, look at Joe Rogan, his his podcasts are consistently three plus hours long. Um, you know, So it's really just how impactful the content is. And you'll, once you do it for a while, then you'll start to know like, okay, we pretty much covered every basis here. It's time to go ahead and wrap this up. So it's really just a real feel of it.
1: Yeah, that awesome. makes sense. We, we, we See do. Nick, you're Definitely. hearing it from the you're hearing it from the underdog himself, man.
0: Hey, man, <laughs> like I said, we're we're still sucking. We're just getting better at it. So thirty minutes, forty five minutes, an hour long, let's fine. My idea was just to make sure that people can listen to it on their way to work. And so my thought was, to average drive thirty minutes here in St. Louis anyway, on the way to work, they could they could listen to one crank out one full podcast and they get a ton of value. Uh, but obviously, yes, some conversations are needed to go a little bit deeper in, in, in depth, right? One thing that I, that I want to ask, and I know obviously podcasting for you has totally changed your, your lifestyle and everything, but what are your client, you deal with, a, you coach a lot of clients on podcasting. What are they saying? What type of impact are podcasts having on their businesses?
2: Dude, that's one of the best parts, obviously. All right. So one thing that I'm really, uh, adamant on is like I'm not one of these fake guys. Like, oh, I do this for selfless reasons. It's all about the contribution. And no, motherfucker, no. It's it's selfish first. Like, I got to take care of me, myself, and my family first and foremost. But I love helping people out, and I love uh, seeing other people succeed, especially especially my students and stuff. And uh, for instance, like uh, uh, Carlos Redlick with the Copy Closer podcast. Right out the gate, he was already making good money. He's a beast copywriter. But right out the gate, he launched his podcast, and it just really elevated his position in the marketplace as far as a copywriter. Then he had Ryan Stuman come on the show, and all these other uh, top, Ball. you know, industry. Yeah, celebrities in, in the copywriting space, and you know it's in, in ger- drastically impacted his income and impact through that. Um, Mallory Nicole's another example. She had a podcast before, wasn't getting any tracks, she was getting like 100 and something downloads per month, which is like, ugh. And uh, we, we relaunched her podcast, and right out the gate, in less than 30 days, we had over 1,000 downloads on her new relaunch, and then now she's doing over 2K and stuff. And so just being able to help people drastically impact and reach more of the people with their message and the audience that they serve seeing that that's just it's it's pretty awesome
0: yep absolutely I think Gary Vee is probably the main one that that spews this out like you literally need to be on every freaking platform that your audience is on right and it's a matter of dominating that platform and with podcasting it it helps us capture that audio you know for those listeners while they're while they're in their cars or while they're in their home or while they're taking their jobs It, it almost allows us to tap into their private time when they're not on social media, reading all the shit that, that we're posting there. So it's like, it's just another <laughs> avenue of tapping into people. And I, I love it personally because I'm not a, I'm not a presenter. I don't want to sit there and do a bunch <laughs> of webinars teaching people my my stuff all the time and, and getting people into my audience. I would much rather have interviews with with people like yourself that are kicking ass in business and providing real value and real knowledge to people you know, to where they're, they're starting to raise their hands that way and, and want to talk to us even more. How are you finding these people, though? Like, what are some, uh, some tactics? I don't want you to give me everything, right? Like, don't give me your, your secret sauce, I do. so to speak. I do. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff <Alderson. laughs> but how are you finding these people? Like, these, these you've interviewed Brad Lee. You've interviewed Ryan Steumann. Like, you're finding all-stars and interviewing them constantly. And I know it didn't happen right out of the gate, but, well, actually it did. Billie Jean is marketing. I mean, Billie Jean was on your podcast right out of the gate. So what
2: what, what is it? Yeah, man. It's really just not being scared to ask, bro. It's nothing secret, man. I, I find out how to reach them, whether it's through their Instagram or through their email on their website or through their Facebook or whatever. And I send out a message. I'm like, hey, bro. And I state the benefit of them coming on my show and say that they'd be a great fit. To, you know, make it all about them and why they should come on my show and ask. And like, like with Andy Frasilla, all right, so like with Bradley, go to, go to Bradley, Bradley, use that example. I, I just He just released our uh, interview on his show. We went out there to Vegas and went on the Dropping Bombs podcast. All I did was reach out to him on Facebook and told him, hey, man, you know, this is why, how it could benefit your audience. I'd love to come on your show. And, uh, and we, we made it happen. It was kind of a little bit easier that way, I guess, because he was maybe, maybe might have been looking for a story like mine or whatnot. I don't know exactly what the reason was. But there's so many different examples and different ways to go about it. Uh, but Andy Fursilla, dude, I it took over half a year to get him booked to come on my show. But you know, and I it took it took oh, the fifth email that I sent out, I finally got a reply. Uh, I was hitting him like once a week, or not once a week, once a month, and finally though it happened. So it's really just not being scared and figuring out a way that you can make it beneficial for them to come on your show or you to go on theirs.
0: Absolutely, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway there is. A close miles don't get fed, right? And then B <laughs> a persistence. Like stay persistent if you're really chasing that dream people. And and what I learned early on in podcasting from a, a course that I took, I, I did, I reached out, I took a course, spent a thousand bucks. I honestly watched like two, two things, and I was like, I got it. I think I, I could run with this, but I, I'm that way. Is finding a way making a wish list, first of all, of like, who are the, who are the top 10, five people that you want to interview? And then going out and like you said, asking, but more importantly, finding a way that they're going to benefit, right? You want to find guests that are obviously going to align with, with your audience and and their story, how their story is going to help the audience benefit. And when you make it more about them and the audience, most people want to talk about themselves. So they're like, Oh great. 20, 30 minutes. I get to just Spew all my information and and, and mm-hmm. gems, and then more people are going to want to come to me. That's great, and so at least I find, and, and maybe you find something different. I find that a lot of people are really open to it if they're already podcasting, especially, or they're already trying to create thought leadership, and, and which is what aligns with my audience. They're really open to to taking these conversations and and having these interviews.
2: Yeah, man, you gotta think about it too, man. Podcasting is a game changer. It's, it's. I'm literally not just saying that because that's what I do. Look at the numbers. Look at the facts. Look at the the stats of just 2018 alone and the growth. When you think about it, man, when you post something on Facebook or LinkedIn or or Instagram or whatever, uh, unless you're running paid ads, the, the algorithm is going to kill it by the end of the day or the end of the week versus podcasting, it's evergreen. Somebody can hear your interview from five years ago and you mentioned a link or whatever to a product or something and you're still making making sales off of it or still growing your audience. As soon as somebody subscribes to your podcast, they have access to every single episode. Um, and that's why everybody's jumping into the podcast game. That's why you've seen explosive growth in 2018. It's just a great platform. And if you think about it, man, this is like a great... It's a, it, I look at it as the top of the funnel. I look mm-hmm. at it as like, you know, you, you know, you got... A lot of people will try to push directly to a product or directly to an email sequence to nurture. Them. That's cool, but like when I go on other shows, like I'm, I'm just man, come check out my podcast. Come get to know me. You get to know me, build that know, like and trust factor, and hear my thoughts, views, and how I, you know, you get to understand me and stuff. And that, and if you like me, you like me. And if you're part of my, you know, my target audience, boom. But if you're not, oh well. But that's how you build that that's how you really nurture somebody. Then you can have you know episodes where you make a push to something and build it that way. It's just like a top of the funnel podcasting then to the email sequence and on you know the, as, as far as marketing stuff goes.
0: Zach, tell us where can people find your material? I don't want to pretend like I'm the podcasting expert here. Obviously, underdog empowerment is the name of your podcast. Where can they find more help and more expertise in, in podcasting?
2: Yeah, man, I love that question. Thanks for asking. And dude, it's really exclusive. I just don't open my program all the time. It's not even open right now. So there's no way you could even find it. But if you really enjoyed this interview, man, I, I love helping people out. Uh, come, come check me out on the podcast. I would be an uh, idiot not to practice what I preach. Uh, Underdog Empowerment, you can subscribe to it on any platform that you listen to podcasts to. Um, and to make it really easy for you, you can go to underdogempowerment.com right there on the front page has a button for any platform, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google play your choice. Uh, really hope to see you over there. And thanks for having me, Jeff and Nick.
0: Jeff, yeah, man, thanks for, thanks for being on. It's, it's been really a pleasure. I've been following your stuff for a long time. And so I've been wanting to have this meeting for a long time. And then you made the post on Facebook and I was like, you know what? Closed miles don't get fed. I'm going to jump in here and ask, but Zach, I always like to leave our audience with kind of a, a gem or something to hold on to, you know, taking business beyond boundaries and and just going back to something that everyone needs. And you mentioned earlier how podcasting is so game changer. And I know you coming from the underdog empowerment, you know all about game changers. What was it for you mentally that you, that, that kind of helped you make that shift into being like, you know what, I'm not going to let, things in the past drag me down. I'm going to go out there and start kicking ass. What, what, I mean, what was it for you?
2: Yeah, dude, that's, that's easy. So a lot of people, it's a lot of different things for me. It was the straw that the last straw that broke the camel's back. When I went back to prison, just 20 days before my twin sons were born, that was literally like it for me. And that was like ever since then it, it, dude, I, not to say that I didn't struggle along the way and had plenty of times where I just wanted to ram my head into a brick wall, but That right there, I made a decision right there in Ferguson jail, getting ready to go back to prison, waking up from a blackout, uh, 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 induced alcohol, uh, was shit faced the night before and throwing my life away. And I was like, man, are you kidding me? All I ever wanted was to be the father that I didn't have growing up. And now I'm missing out on them being born by 20 days, man. And that pain, it was so painful. I can't even put it into words, but I felt like big enough to sit on a penny and swing my feet from it but that was like, okay, I'm done. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to get back home and be a responsible father and be happy and successful. I didn't even know what happy and successful looked like at the time. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I had my reasons why, man. And that was it right there, man. And ever since it's just, I just moved in a completely different, different direction ever since that moment.
0: Awesome, man. Thanks a lot. Great having you on the show and uh, we'll definitely be in touch. Thanks for having me, man. Remember, this show's not for the faint of heart. It's for action takers, business owners, entrepreneurs, just like yourself, ready to take their lives and their business beyond boundaries. It's time to take action. Mount up.